Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the How Long to Beat podcast. No fancy intro because I didn't think of one. So I'm one of your hosts, Rick, and with me, as always, are Alex and Paula. How have you been, guys? How's this week been treating you? Better than last week. <laughs> always a plus. <laughs> Probably the same for most of our listeners as well, I would imagine. I'm just here cooking the hell the gold, the southern hemisphere that is entering like uh, well, be the spring on our way to summer now. Nice. Yeah, you're cooking. Alex is freezing, and uh, in England, as always, it's raining. So <laughs> <laughs> across the, the spectrum. We... Yes, we have. We've got everybody covered weather-wise. So <laughs> this week, we're going to have a quick chat about what we've beaten, what we've retired, and what we've been playing. Uh, we're then going to go on to the topic this week, which is games of the generation, part one of two. Um, then we're going to take a question from our lovely listeners and finish up on the gaming sensation, How Long to Beat. Uh, and speaking of how long it takes to beat things, Paula, why don't you start and tell us what you've beaten? Um, I, I, the game, um, I finished the game at Short Hike. That is a, unsurprisingly a, a very short game. And yeah, that's all I beat it this week. Nice. Uh, yeah, because Rick, it. yeah, you beat that one too, right? I, I beat that one quite a while ago. I got that when it was in the um, the HIO bundle. Mm -hmm. That big old one. I, I remember playing that on the PC. Did you play it on the Switch, Paula, or were you playing it on the PC? Uh, on the PC, I got it for free. Um, Epic. Oh, as cool. did I. So I, I think between the three of us, we've given that developer literally pennies. <laughs> Yeah, oh god <laughs> for a game i love so much it's like i've given them hardly anything to eat. <laughs> yeah it's i mean that it's literally to the, to the point that so i i beat the game uh for you lovely listeners about 15 minutes before we started recording um and actually almost missed the recording because paula had led me to believe that it was incredibly short as in under an hour um it ended up being just shy of two for me and um i only actually stopped about 10 minutes before i actually finished it because the dryer had gone uh, and I looked at the clock and thought I'd missed recording time. Had a bit of a mild <laughs> panic attack, but in the end, I was I was an hour off. So we were all good. And the game is fantastic. It's just it oozes charm. Um, it's really well written, really fun to play. Mm. Got kind of Zelda vibes in terms of the way the diversions are set up. Mm. For those, um, who... I... oh yeah, sorry, go, go ahead, Rick. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say for those nice, who haven't right. played it, I mean the whole conceit is you're basically going on a short hike, right? Like that's like literally all there is to it. You yeah. you're gonna hike up a mountain, but you play as like this pretty little bird creature. Um It it is, and forgive the pun, a game where it's all about the journey and not the destination. Because <laughs> the destination isn't really set, it's just like go climb shit. Can I ask um Paula, how did you play it? Like, did you use a gamepad, or did you were you just using like the mouse and the keyboard? Um, I connected the um, DualShock Four controller. Mm. Snap. Yeah. Um, and played that way. I don't think I could play anything with mouse and keyboard be uh, besides like RTSs and MOBAs and stuff. Totally. I'm not much of like a computer game. So like, I remember when I first started playing the game, I was trying to use the, like the keyboard. Cause I was like, that's how you play oh, it. No. And oh my gosh. Yeah. I highly do not recommend that. <laughs> yeah. It's not a live <laughs> game. You need analog movement. No analog movement. Made, sure. And suddenly I was like, Oh, this game's amazing. Once I plugged a freaking controller in. <laughs> I was like, Oh, <laughs> 
than that. One thing I am curious about, because I don't even know how many of them there are. Um, how many golden feathers did you guys finish with? Do you remember? Um, I think eight. Oh, wow. You really sort of mainlined it. See, that's probably why you finished it so bloody quickly. I ended up with 15 by the time I got to the top. I had something like that it's... too. Yeah, but then I, I sort of went and did most, I think I did most of the side quests. And I, I was actually thinking as towards the top of the mountain, um, it's sort of criminal how much money I've found and been given. And um, and then you get to a specific bit where to get more gold and feathers, you actually do need quite a lot of coinage. Um, and so I ended up pretty broke by the time I got to the top. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. I, have you got anything more to go on for it, Paula? Because I know I've sort of taken your segment over a little bit. Um, besides that, the dialogue in the game is uh pretty funny like even like uh on the options menu at the beginning of the game it's like um i actually sent you the screenshot i think that it says did, something like uh how do you like your pixels or something like that and it's like um big and crunchy or something like that it was big and chunky or something like that it's um the the tool tips were all great the writing just felt real that was the thing it, it Often with sort of corny dialogue like that, you sort of, ah, come on, like nobody speaks like that. But it, it was written how you would imagine people speaking. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was lovely. So I, I should probably segue from that into the other two games I beat. So as well as a short hike, which anyone who got it on EGS definitely download it and play it. If you didn't buy it and play it, it's really, really good. It's really cozy. Um, I really cozy is a great word for it. Actually, yeah. Um, so I beat two of the games. The first one. Um, which I'll touch on first because I've not got really much to say about it, was Rotgut. Um, so it's like a, a 2D noir um, side-scrolling pixel shooter thing. It's about as cookie-cutter as you could get other than the art style. Um, and it, it doesn't really do a lot to, to justify its own existence. Um, it was fine. It was only half an hour long. I don't know how much I paid for it, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend anyone going and searching it out. Um, and then the other one I played, um, which anyone who's been on the Discord or on the forums will have seen me gushing about, is Ghost Runner, which is um, Mirror's Edge with Hotline Miami's mechanics mm. um, set in Cyberpunk 2077. It's a really cool concept, and to be fair, it mostly delivers on it. Um, one of the things I've always loved about first-person parkour games, and it is a bit of a, a divisive genre, I know people... Um, who feel like the first-person perspective isn't really done for platforming. It doesn't really work. Um, personally, I mean, I'm of the opposite view, if it's done right. And Ghost Runner generally does it right. Um, the, the flow feeling you get from hitting a sequence of movements, uh, particularly in the combat rooms where you're bouncing from enemy to enemy, um, deflecting projectiles, sliding under other projectiles, um, it, it really nails um, the momentum and the satisfaction of that all when it goes right. The problem is when it doesn't go right. Um, hmm. I found that a lot in the boss battles, but there's only three of them. They go relatively quickly, so it's not the end of the world. Um, more importantly, the traversal mechanics are often very fickle, very temperamental. So that's mainly uh, war runs not triggering, uh, grapples not activating and, and having touched on bosses actually particularly the first boss relies very heavily on grappling 
from point to point to point to point. And I died in that battle well over 200 times. And I'm, I'm confident that sort of 100, 150 of those were because grapples weren't activating. Um, yeah, it was rough. And it actually came quite close to me just saying, fuck this and retiring it. Um, I'm glad I didn't because the rest of the game is generally really good. And if the mechanics worked all of the time, it would have been a 9 out of 10 easily. Um, as is, it's a 7. I'd say if you like that genre already, you've already played um, Mirror's Edge and, and other games like it, definitely give it a go. If you haven't, Mirror's Edge Catalyst is really cheap. You can get it for like 3 or £4 pounds on um, PS4 or Xbox One. I'd say go there before you think about Ghost Runner because it's cheaper, better, and, and probably a, a more suitable proving ground for whether or not you like that type of game. Um, do any of you play that? Do either of you play that kind of game, that first-person parkour type thing? Or uh, I have a feeling Paul <laughs> not already here. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. That, that looks like a recipe for motion sickness for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, my bad. I, I did play what Mirror's about you, Edge. I really like Mirror's Edge. I never actually played Catalyst, though. Um, yeah, Ghost Runner looks interesting to me. And like, it's probably something I'll pick up one day when it's, you know, cheap or something. And I'll just be like, yeah, let's give it a run. Because um, I do like both of those gameplay styles. Like, I, I really do enjoy the kind of Hotline Miami, one hit, one kill uh, style mixed with that kind of parkour. It sounds cool. But yeah, for now, there's, I just got too much stuff on the go. <laughs> We all know that feeling. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd say play Catalyst first. Um, combat's better. Level design, maybe a little bit worse. On balance, it's just as good. Mm-hmm. And obviously prettier because it was a console gen after. Yeah. Um, um, so moving from what you're not playing to what you were playing and have finished playing, <laughs> why don't you tell us a bit about Blasphemous? Yeah, yeah. So I beat Blasphemous this week. Um, and like... Okay, this is a weird one. So I, I liked this game. Like, I'm going to get that out of the way first. But I have a lot I of sense a really thoughts big on this coming. game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just... Okay, so first off, I, I beat probably... I think my, like, clear rate was, like, a little over 80%. It was, like, 82, 83, something like mm-hmm. that. Because, um, you know, it's, it's like a Castlevania game. And my map percentage was something like 91, 92%. Um, so, like, I really went into it, and I played quite a bit of it. And it's it really hits the spot for me because I'm a huge fan of Castlevania. And... So a lot of people call this a Metroidvania. It's not. It's a Castlevania game. Like, that's genuinely what it is. It's just Catholic Castlevania. Um, And I also find, because, like, people talk about how it's, like, inspired by Dark Souls, which, like, I guess, but the reality is that, like, Dark Souls was basically just 3D Castlevania mechanics, right? Because, you know, in Castlevania, you had your save rooms and you were exploring a big giant um, castle. Um, and that's what this is, you know, you're exploring this big world, but it's really just like you have a map that slowly shows up, it's color-coded locations, um, there's really no, like, there are new traversal mechanics that you can get in the game, but you can actually beat the entire game without ever getting any of those mechanics. And in one way, that's kind of like cool design, you know, um, you don't necessarily have to play through a convoluted quest path in order to get that you know random item to progress which i'll admit is sometimes really frustrating in 2d castlevania games and i'm thinking specifically like symphony of the night style um you know where you have to get like um tread carefully (laughs) 
Oh no, I love. <laughs> listen, I've played them. I've played so many of these, and I've played them recently too. Right, like this year, I played tons of Castlevanias, and they're good. But if I have one critique of them, it's just kind of stupid sometimes. Like how to figure out what you need to get. Like at times, you're just like, where am I supposed to go? Symphony of the Night is, I think, not as bad whatsoever as things like Harmony of Dissonance, which. Look, I love that game. Love it. It is borderline impossible to figure out what to do next many times in that game. <laughs> You're just like, where do I go? Um, and then it's like, oh, you didn't know that you had to hit that little thing, turn into this creature here, fly up there, go around there, go backwards, go back to this place, go through that portal to get the the mist. You didn't know that? It's like... <laughs> to be fair, I, I brushed through Harmony Distance. I had that problem with synth, with Circle of the Moon. Oh, did first, you? But we, yeah, that that's another conversation for another episode, I think. Yeah, that's totally fair. I <laughs> see. I haven't played um, Circle of the Moon. I've played the two of the GBA yeah, ones. Yeah, I've sort of heard like not really worth it. It's um, it's the weakest of the handheld six, in my opinion. Yeah. Some people think Harmony of Dissonance, but yeah, those I, two are, are considered the worst. Yeah, I hear them go through. Yeah, so I mean, like honestly, it's just. <sighs> It's conflicting because I really, really, really wanted to love the game. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, it it wasn't even really that hard either, you know? Like, because essentially, you can get so many health upgrades and so many sword upgrades that you can just kind of cheese every boss um, to the point that I, I faced a couple interesting and fun bosses, but they really weren't that necessarily tough and and i guess that's good like do you know what i mean it's it's straddling this line where you don't want it to be unfairly difficult but you're also kind of in this game because you're looking for a bit of a challenge like that's clearly who this is designed for you know this is such a specific genre game that i guarantee people who are not a fan of castlevania games are gonna like hate this game probably um because it's really just slow um kind of um, tactical um, hack and slashing with minimal upgrades in a Catholic setting. So, like you know, if you're not if you're not down for that, you're gonna have a bad time, you know. But if that sounds like your jam, you're gonna love it. So I don't know. That's kind of where I ended up in the end because, like, I got to the final boss and I realized, oh, I guess I could beat him, but it's like a little tough. So I guess I'll just keep exploring the castle. Um, and so I kept exploring the castle and then eventually just through the, like, not even like, I didn't look things up. I just explored. And just through general exploring, I got so powerful that I beat that boss. Like it was nothing. Um, you know what I mean? So I don't know. And then it does that, this thing where anyway, I'm not going to spoil too much, but like, let's just say when you beat the game, it does that thing where it's like, be careful. I'm, I'm going to be playing it. Oh, next. I know. Sorry. I'm just going to oh. tell you, I'm not going to tell you what it does. I'm just going to say that it gives you that thing where it goes, you should play again to get the real ending. Like it does one of those things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, I, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what YouTube's for. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Part of me goes like, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm super mixed on it. I think it's a really like solid seven game. Um, if you're a fan of Castlevanias or if you have like, catholic spanish heritage you're probably gonna love it like this game is really cool in that sense um but otherwise i think maybe just 
play a Castlevania, you know, pop, pop good old Symphony of the Night in and have a good time if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah. Or any of the DS Castlevanias, which hot take one of two off the back of what you said are better than the Symphony of the Night. Oh, there you go. Or play Hollow Knight. I'll always say play Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah. That's on my backlog. Oh, good. Yeah, play that Yeah, game. me too. And to be fair, it was, um, it was one I was eyeing up to. It was taking up a lot of space on my laptop, but they've just made it um, part of PS Plus. So I think I'm going to play it there instead. Oh, actually, yeah. Um, honestly, everyone play that game. That game is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, Shall we move along then? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was trying to think if I had anything else to say on that, but I think we, we have expired that. So next up is what we've stopped playing, aka Retired. Um, and this week we should probably rename this segment Rick Sets the Forum on Fire because uh, <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've retired two of the most celebrated games of the 1990s. And, and point number one in my defense, I know Doom is, I'm just going to double check when Super Mario World was released. Uh, I actually think I wasn't alive or even conceived when either of those games came out. So okay. I just want to double check that fact. This is just poor planning on my part because I really should have Googled. I know I was a baby when today. Doom came out, so that's nice. I was like a one. Oh, Mario one. World was before before Doom. That was nineteen ninety. So oh, okay. Uh, well, none of us were alive. Was way before I existed. <laughs> none of us were alive at that point. Yeah. So that's our defense. So Doom, really, the level design is is what did it in for me. Mm. Um, mechanically, I think it holds up quite well, especially considering. Um, how old it is and the genre it's in it it's a testament to it that when you've got call of duties and and, and other really fucking good impressively built 3d first person shooters that what they've built within those constraints um still feels fun to shoot weapons and kill enemies and and this and that the problem is those those firefights are punctuated um by key hunts in really obtusely designed levels with and this is the thing that really killed killed it for me shockingly inadequate lighting so many rooms in that game are just too dark and and the one that really did it in um towards the start of, of episode two uh there's a room just behind um a, a square with two cacodemons in um and that that room is a square with pillars sort of evenly spaced out in it and it it is like completely pitch black for three seconds, lit up for one second, pitch black for three seconds, lit up for one second. So you don't know if you're running into a pillar and an enemy. You don't know if you're firing at a pillar or an enemy. And it, it just wasn't fun. It was just obnoxiously bad. Mm. And and I'd sort of been turned off a bit by level design for various reasons up to that point. And, and I literally just had the fuck this click delete moment. So that was it for me for Doom. Um, Super Mario World wasn't hard. It was just kind of dull mm. to me, at least. Um, and, and 2D platformers that don't have anything beyond the sort of Mario stuff to them aren't necessarily my bag. I do get bored by them. Mm. Um, and, and that's basically what's happened here. Um, and, and the same way as we were saying last week that Doom suffered from me having played Eternal and 2016 before. I think in the same way Mario suffered from me having played 3D Land and the new Super Mario Brothers games before it. Hmm. And and coming back, it just didn't really offer me anything. So I got about halfway through. I'd, I'd beaten 
um, the first four bosses. I've got to think it. I think it's Illusion Woods. Oh yeah, something like that. World about, Five. Yeah didn't even start playing it i've beaten the fourth boss it's like do i really want to keep doing this and i didn't so i i haven't what i'll say is like <laughs> that- honestly super mario world is a game that i really think in the older marios are just way better to play with another person like on your own nowadays it's just kind of like fine um i i replayed mario world with a good buddy before the pandemic hit and that was actually a really fun time because you can kind of share that experience but yeah past the pad sort of thing yeah just the past and the uh past the pad um experience which was really nice but yeah i, I know what you're saying i feel like for a single player game that that deficiency is on it not on you like oh, yeah. it, it's a bit of a weird one to turn around and say well it's your fault for not having a friend with you <laughs> that's not that's not my job when you've designed a single player game i'm i'm not willing to accept that yeah to be fair i think that's also just just with time right like i'm sure at the time it was like oh yeah on your own it was probably just a jam <laughs> uh, oh yeah yeah i'm sure if, yeah. if nothing after 1990 had come out when i played that game yeah. i probably would be as impressed as everyone else right um but i wasn't that wasn't the situation i didn't grow up with it so it it's got to compete with everything in the 30 years since it came out so mm. it is what it is um so what are we playing alex why don't you start yeah okay i'm gonna go through this pretty quick i'm playing a fair bit right now um i'm still playing spirit tracks i am like just very close to the end of that game um mm-hmm. i beat the fourth dungeon we shall say um i'm also like an hour away from the end of silent hill 2 um gonna save most of the conversation about that for next week let me just say my opinions haven't really changed i know Uh, a lot of people love this game (laughs) anyway i'll talk more about it later (laughs) Um, (laughs) next week it's your turn to fan the flames yeah let me say i think it's what you're talking about it just hasn't aged um particularly well uh not a bad game just there's better ones out there now um but i have started playing call of war as that gunslinger game um uh, mm-hmm. that game is stupid but really fun <laughs> like it's just you know what i mean it's just kind of a dumb first person shooter and like it's it's cool though like it's the most american thing i've ever played um it's just like yeah guns in the wild west <laughs> and you're like oh i like that okay right and you basically like this guy silas is like the main character and the way it works the conceit is kind of brilliant he's telling you or he's like in a bar with some people and they're asking him about like the, the legendary stories he's been on and he's telling them the stories. So as you're playing, you hear him talking and sometimes they'll be like, oh, and then you got into a duel and then you'll do the duel. And he's like, nah, that's not what happened. And like, it'll back up, rewind and he'll show him like getting his ass kicked or something. And you're like, this is this is kind of funny, actually. I'm like, I dig this. It's just like a, a neat way of doing the first person shooter thing, like having this guy talking to you throughout it. So um yeah i like that set of generally i love the sands of time conceit where it's like a narrator telling you how it happened mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cool um and the last thing i did is i actually played some remote uh jackbox games with my uh with my buds um last weekend and it was the first time we've done this since the pandemic hit and i don't know why we haven't yet but uh i bought like the jackbox party pack seven Mm-hmm. um and that's a solid collection like often i find the jackbox games there's like at least a couple where you're just like yikes but that particular <laughs> collection there was really only one game where we were like mm, this is kind of dumb um and it's like this devil's game or something that's just i guess it's okay but it's not what i'm it's not what i'm here for with jackbox it's like you do all these little activities um and you're like have to work together and it's just like no i'm here to make silly jokes 
and fool my friends. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> um, but I <laughs> highly recommend people to like, you know, sh- share your screen through Discord or Zoom or whatever, and like just play some freaking Jackbox games with your friends, and it works so well. And it's just like genuinely a real good time. Um, yeah. So that's what I've been doing playing this week. Why don't we? Uh, what about you, Paula? What are you playing? Um, I'm still playing Color Cross Malis, and I finished the third route on the fourth one. And I just realized like two things, like uh, you know how like in some visual novels or or like in some games in general, there's kind of like a little theme or like a little detail that ties together like all the character designs. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think I played this game for the first time uh, a year or two ago, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I didn't notice, I didn't notice that um, each character have like, uh, like little pins and buttons and stuff that were like hmm. pluses and minuses and uh, division and multiplication signs and stuff like that. Okay. Like give it uh, just a silly thing. Uh, and I also realized that they're... Uh, they added like an um, ending list on the Switch version, which thank the gods oh, because okay. there's 35 endings, no, 37 endings on that game. Fuck, is that, that like including you have bad to play endings? 37 routes then, or in a like branch? Yeah, there's there's five good, uh, five tragic, five bad endings relating to the organization. And all the other ones are uh, bad endings in general. In general. I like uh, right, five okay. tragic endings. I mean, holy crap. I like that there's a distinction. It's like, there's bad endings, but then there's also tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I might talk uh, about it like when they actually finish the game. Nice. Um, that many and- endings. How long is that going to be? Um, I actually got... Uh, I'm probably like past halfway through with all the endings because I'm farming like all the character related endings as I do the character road. Uh, oh, I see. So is it a little bit like Neo Automata where there's some like small endings and then you can pretty much pick up where you left off rather than starting again? Yeah. Also, you have like uh, 50 to 100 save files in Otome games. So. Yeah, so you can you can pick back up where you choose. I see what you say. Still, though, like, fuck. That's an undertaking. No, it is not. Hakuoki has even more. Oh, but yeah, that's yo, yo. topic for another day. Yeah, yeah. I'm also playing Breath of the Wild on my second run because I'm trying to 100% the game because I hate myself. Poop, eh? I was thinking exactly that. <laughs> Have you even really beaten the game if you don't have that? I mean, come on. <laughs> so, you shit, but you didn't get shit. Very much. Uh, so yeah, uh, last night I played a little bit, got some card seats, uh, got distracted at some point because I was going like to a train and then it was like a shooting star falling from the sky. And those are rare, so I... 
rushed to it, obviously. And then I was lost. Nice. I feel like that is, though, like the quintessential Breath of the Wild experience where it was like, I was going to do something. And then I was like, ooh, shiny thing. And you just like, <laughs> you move on. <laughs> I, I think that's more the sign of a really great open world. Yep. Because I, I had that in Tsushima. I haven't played Breath of the Wild yet. but um, And Tsushima did it where you'd like have a bird fly across you and try and take you somewhere. Or a fox would pop up and they'd try and take you to wherever the little shrine was. Yeah. And I feel like a good open world game is one where things like that pop up and you're enthused about going and finding out what they are and then just finding your way again. It's like for anyone who plays um, the uh, or watches girlfriend reviews, it's like the whole up a minute thing where it's just like, oh, wait a second. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I got to do this. Just like constantly distracting you from the main story. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, dear. It is a very fun game to play like... Uh... While streaming or join it to someone else, because like uh, it is something like people can take over without uh, fear fear of missing uh, like major stuff because all of the little stuff you can do in between. Nice. And then you can just do whatever people tell you to do, and if they want you to ride that uh, um, style horse uh, that is like uh, a skeletal horse. On a tingle suit. Uh, why not? What's the worst that could happen? There you go. It's a perfect streaming game. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Paula. Um, Rick, what about you? What are you doing? What's your Yeah, deal? so um, me and my friends, rather than Jackbox, have been playing Among Us, which I now finally get. That game is only good if you get a really good group of people on it. Mm. And um, we had a blast with that last week. Um, single player stuff. I've got three games on the go. Um, I've got the Or DLC for Control, which I've only just started. Um, but it's a whole new area with loads of other lore, and um, I'm really glad that I played Alan Wake. Now that I've hit that, because immediately it throws you a scene of of Alan at his typewriter, sort of narrating certain things. Excuse me, and there's there's context that that gives that I wouldn't have understood without having played his game. So enjoying that so far. Um, still playing Mad World on the Wii. That's still great. And I'm still playing Ultimate NES Remix. I think I've got maybe a quarter of that game's levels left to go. Um, and it is really great. It's I think it was originally a Wii U game or two Wii U games that they then sort of mashed together and put on the 3DS as a package. Um, and I think the 3DS really for, for that kind of bite-sized chunk stuff is the perfect place to play it um so i'm, I'm still having a great time with all three of those so probably no retirements for me next week uh <laughs> but we'll see yeah uh, and speaking of games we've had great times with <laughs> our topic this week is the first part of a double header so um the new generation starts thursday i think it is with the xbox one well actually and then um today's the day xbox series x is launched oh, today. today the day yeah well today, today? Though, oh, there we're you recording. Are. yeah so we're recording on it's the on xbox launch yeah. xbox series x's launch it's uh playstation comes out today so probably when you're listening to this maybe is the day that uh the playstation's launching because i think it's november 12th for the playstation um oh okay yeah. what dates anyway it doesn't matter what dates i've got mixed up with it um <laughs> what what we thought would be really cool is um to talk about our games of the generation so that's uh anything that came out on the generation's consoles 
or on PC in the time that they were out. So basically since late 2013. Um, To split it up and make it a little bit more manageable, both for us picking games and also to to have more time to talk about them. Uh, This week we're going to do specifically console and PC. Um, including the Switch, I believe. I'm assuming you guys have. I It didn't matter for me because I don't own one yet. Oh, um, I and... was saving that, I think, for next week. I, I didn't pick anything from that. Did you? Oh, okay, what about you, Paula? Uh, no, I included uh, Games of the Switch um, for this week. Oh, okay. Well, hey, I'm going to okay. do it as if it's a handheld because that's the thing with the Switch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's the Switch can be both, and Alice reflects that. So, <laughs> or in my case neither um and next week we will do um 3ds vita and alex's switch games i don't even think i have that man <laughs> putting on it but put it this way that's fair it's um gone oh i was just gonna say i'm way too focused on i i was looking at my stats and it was like man i've beaten like over 150 ps4 games since it came up and it's like i think i've played 200 over 200 ps4 games during this generation yeah i played a lot i played a lot Um, so i was like no way i'm including the switch in this thing (laughs) it's like i got too much to do (laughs) yeah man if i'd had a switch it would have had to be this gen because uh Hmm. i was saying to the guys today before we started recording um of the nines and tens that i recorded on consoles and pc uh, i had some 14 to go on um i had 12 10 out of 10 games on vita alone without counting 3ds or anything else um but enough of that sort of babbling around it why don't we get to it so what we've done is we've each picked five of our games of the generation and and caveat is games that we've played so Mm -hmm. uh, for example i've not played daddy of war or horizon yet so they might have been on my list um, I've only just started Persona 5 Royal. If I'd beaten that, I'm certain that would be on my list. Um, so we, we're going to talk each about five games that we've picked as our games of the generation. Uh, and then at the end, time permitting, we'll rattle through five honorable mentions each as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to do it one game at a time. So I will kick off with my number five, which is a familiar game. To anyone who's listened to me generally or to any of the previous podcast episodes, and that is Deadbolt for PC and PS4. I'm not sure if it's on Xbox platforms. Um, it is a phenomenal indie game. It nails the pixel art. The music is something I regularly listen to outside of the game. Um, Chris Christodoulou, apologies if I'm slaughtering his Greek surname, uh, did a fantastic job with the soundtrack. Um, multiple genres, all bangers, uh, and the gameplay is amazing. So it ticks a lot of boxes for me. Two um, D, one hit kill, really uh, mechanically deep, but also quite whimsical, quite fun in the way it sets up certain things. Um, very well written, a really good length, lots of replayability. If you have a platform, it's on. You must play this game. It's on Switch. It's on Vita um, as well. It's on just about everything, basically. If if you play video games on anything other than uh, a phone, you will have a way to play this game, and you should be playing this game. Um, so that's my number five. Cool. Uh, Paula, I haven't played what, that number one. Five, one of my five, rather. Oh, sorry, sorry? No, that's fair. I haven't played that one, actually. That's, that's a, that looks neat. It, it looks you like should. it's kind of that hotline. Is it sort of like the Hotline Miami style, but like more... In in a sense, yeah, it's it's like two D Hotline Miami. So it's it's not top down. It's it's mm. sort of 
side perspective multiple levels um so you you have a lot more um flexibility in the way you approach things it's the same kind of situation with picking up guns and um dealing with enemies but you can also flip over tables to make your own cover um because you are the grim reaper that that's the character you play uh you can travel through vents you have various other abilities that that are open to you that wouldn't be open to a human in a mask nice um and and the story the story builds on that in a way that i think as much as i love hotline miami uh and it was something that would have been on my list if it came out maybe sort of 12 months later um the story is pretty loose in that game. It, it's very, <laughs> yeah, very bare bones. Let's say um, in Deadpool, the story isn't in your face, but there is a story there mm. if you want to follow it, and, and an interesting one in my view. Cool. Um, so you should play it. Polar, it's on Switch. You should play it. And now, before you go and buy it, you should tell us what your first game of the generation is. Um. Okay, in no particular order, uh, I chose for uh, the first game I'm going to talk about, Untitled Goose Game, because (laughs) it is, it is like nothing I've I've played before, like, um, like, from the get-go, you're just a goose wanting to (laughs) cause chaos, be a little gremlin, and just steal people's stuff and play around mm. <laughs> and you pre- like since you have like pretty much this like to-do list of how to mess with everyone's day just like okay i'm just gonna do this because it sounds like fun and even i i completed the game uh i think with most if of if not all of the side um of the side missions yeah uh because it was just so fun like how the people reacted to the goose or like uh how creative i feel like the devs were while creating all these little situations Mm -hmm. uh now it has multiplayer so i can't wait to actually get uh, out of this pandemic, so I can do a lot of local cop with my boyfriend in this game because just like uh, by myself, I was really, really into- entertained with it, and it had like that feeling, like of those like old movies that have like uh, no sound, just have like that music playing on the background. Yes, yeah, and goes. then you have like this sunshine. Slap it stick. felt like yeah. that. It really did because it even I had was... that ragtime score, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, the music kind of like uh, picks up the bass or slows down, depending on where you're of uh, what the situation is, so it's just perfect. Oh. Wow, cool. Okay, you guys are—you're both already surprising me with your, um, with your games of the generation. I kind of took like a—I don't have mine in any particular order, but I, I sort of tried to think to myself like, what were the kind of major trends that I I, I experienced or enjoyed um, uh, in this generation, this eighth generation. Um, and the first one for me was like remakes, and for me, the game that stood out like really intensely was Resident Evil Two. Um, because it just completely 
reinvented for me the entire concept of what a remake is. Um, Cause I never played the original game and I went back and played the original like Resident Evil or well, the Resident Evil HD game and jumping into Resident Evil 2, it's a whole new experience and it's an incredible experience. Like it really, it's almost what makes me a little like, and we'll talk more about this next week, about Silent Hill 2, where it's like you go back and you're like, the years haven't been kind, but this could be amazing with a little love and care now, right? Like if this was given just a little polish, the fundamentals are incredible. And so that's what I found with Resident Evil 2. It's like the fundamentals of that game were incredible. So instead they just modernize this thing. They inject some life into it and it turns into like a masterpiece for this generation. And so to me, that was something that I was just like, yes, like like companies, if you want to remake your games, like this is it, this is it. Don't just, you know, throw them onto an emulator, port them and... <sighs> sell them only for three months at a time <laughs> yeah exactly right i'm like come on you know it's like oh my god but i mean anyway so i have to really give capcom props for that like i just that game just really blew me away what did you think of resi 3 just to take a slight segue did you play that one yeah so I, I know that one didn't quite hit the same way for people um i really liked it um and I, I just think that that is a weaker game than the second one anyway. So right. it had that going up against it. Like it was already always considered basically like an expansion of the second game, right? Because it's, it's a lot of the same locations. Um, and so a lot of things were reused, but not for the remake. The remake was actually being developed at the same time as Resident Evil 2. So like that was a little different. Like there were different teams. So it actually plays a bit differently. Um and I would say Resident Evil 2 is better than Resident Evil 3, but I think people give Resident Evil 3 way too much shit. And um, if you were to buy that game, even like on a slight sale, you will have a real good time. And I had a blast playing the third one. Um, hmm. In general, I just, I fully support this style of remake. It's like worth every penny for me, at least. Okay. From remakes to spiritual successes, all about the segues. Um, I've been a bit cheeky and bundled together Doom 2016 and Eternal um, for my next pick. Uh, what I like the most about them, because it, weirdly enough, they both came out as 9 out of 10s for me, but I've put them ahead of some other 10 out of 10s from my rankings just because of the impact that they had. So Doom as a franchise was basically dead. This kind of shooter was relegated to smaller teams and, and the kind of things that they were doing in the indie space. Mm. Doom really dragged that style of FPS kicking and screaming into the modern era. The glory kills are inspired. It's very much a, a no fat approach in terms of what it asks you to do. And, and it's probably the only place that Doom Eternal fails is that they they put a lot of fat back into the meat mm. for better and for worse, particularly with the platforming. But the core of both of those games is phenomenal, visceral combat that asks you to constantly be on the move, never stop moving, don't hide, constantly be pushing onto the enemy. And it's a real power trip power fantasy in the best kind of way mm. and and those games have got every bit of credit that they deserve for that 
So that is why they made my generational pick. Nice. They really did flip the script a bit, you know, like, because for so long we just had the third person, like, cover, shoot, cover, shoot, cover, shoot, um, which is fun. But yeah, getting that experience of just like blasting your way through some demons is like, all right. And that soundtrack, oh, hoo. <laughs> Very remiss of me not to mention the soundtrack for sure. It's uh, inspired some of the stuff that they that they push that way. I feel like I've already used that word. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And they all have their place, but particularly given what it could have been, I don't know if either of you guys saw the, um, the leaked sort of Doom 4 concept. It was like Call of Doom. Oh God, no! It, yeah, it was very legitimately. You play as a as a soldier of Earth when the alien invasion happens, and it's sort of Call of Duty style. Which I'm sure it would have been good, but it wouldn't have really been Doom, and it certainly wouldn't have been a patch on what we ultimately got. Yeah. Um, yeah, Paula, what's your next pick? Uh, my next pick. Um... It is um, The Liar Princess and The Blind Prince. Mm-hmm. Not only because of the art style, uh, but because like uh, like the overall ambience and the music and like all the artistic package that they put like in one little cartridge. Mm. Um, mainly because like uh, even like from the trailers of the of the game, you pretty much play at as this like um princess that really is a wolf but uh for reasons she had to ask a favor to the local witch um because like uh, the, the, the the beginning is like that she sings in the mountain like every night and the prince just goes there sneaks from the castle and just hears her she does he doesn't know that she's a wolf uh at all and things happen the prince the prince is blind and uh enclosed on a tower or something like that so as a wolf uh you have you are granted the wish of turning into a princess and being able to like switch between the two mm. wolf and princess uh, at the exchange of your singing voice. Oh, and is that oh, then mechanically you can't lead the blind prince? And you have to lead the blind prince through right. the forest so the witch can fix his eyesight. Also, I'm just going to say, okay. I love your description of it. It's like, things happen. And then the prince is blind. <laughs> I'm like, nice. <laughs> I, like, I am trying to remember, like, I actually watched the trailer to make sure that I don't spoil, like, what goes in right. between. Uh, I think you did a good job uh, there. <laughs> yeah, like, it is, it is so charming. And even the collectibles have, like, a, a sort of meaning. Because, like, hmm. um... Okay, this is structured a little bit like a fairy tale or like, uh, yeah, something like that. Like even the, the art style is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It looks like it belongs like in a, a story in a book. book? Mm. Yeah, in a storybook. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. No uh, so uh, the collectibles you have, you, you can get. Some are for 
uh, unlocking like a little good scene on each on each chapter, and others unlock uh, actual concept art. There's a concept art uh, section inside the game that if you get the collectibles, you get like pages of it. And I just found that to be pretty neat because like the physical edition of this game actually comes with the storybook. Yeah, that has like the same way. Awesome. Mhm. And oh, and the music, the music in this game is so good. <laughs> nice. Oh, you're all giving me games. I got to check out now. This is great. <laughs> like, there you go. Um. Okay. Well, I'm gonna talk a little bit about. So, you know, the last generation, not the eighth, like in the seventh, you know, the PS3, Xbox 360 era. I found that there was a lot of there were just more like smaller scaled type games that weren't necessarily triple A, but they weren't really double A and they were in that like nice little area. And I found we lost some of those this generation, but for me, Prey um, was easily one of my favorite games. And it's a game that I still remember playing. And I just, it's just really good. Like it's not, it's not, it's not like, I don't know the greatest thing out there. It's not like this crazy bombastic cinematic game, but it just, it, controls nicely it has a cool story it has beautiful environments it's tight it's just really fucking fun you know like and that's like kind of like all there was for me and so when i was making this list it just kept kind of popping up for me and i was like that game is just it's so good and i I felt like they don't always sell as incredibly well because they're not like you know packed with multiplayer content or they have like all this extra selling stuff it's just like a solid short game um, and so I always felt kind of like sad that they weren't getting better. And I'm really hoping that like the Microsoft acquisition allows more of those smaller games to kind of come out, um, because maybe they won't have to rely so much on like big sales. Um, so yeah, I don't know. And I've never played the original Prey game. So like I came into this being like, I don't know what this game is. And I was like, uh, yeah, I want more of this. Um, <laughs> and I was all over yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of my honorable mentions, funnily enough. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Phenomenal game. I wouldn't necessarily call it little. It's a, it's a good sort of 20, 25 hour campaign. But honestly, 20, 25 hours these days feels little at this point. You know what Can I'm saying? <laughs> sure, 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 yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's... um. And the glue gun is is something that no other game really does either. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly innovated alongside that, um, and the Typhon as well. The whole mimic thing. Oh, that yeah. game is scarier than any horror game I've played. The amount of times I jumped when like a coffee mug would jump out at me. Right. Oh. Yeah. I want to play it again game. now. I'm just like. Ugh. <laughs> also very cheap. Like I bought yeah. it over a year ago, and I think I paid five pounds on PS4. Oh yeah. It's. Uh, it's one of those where, it's, like you say, it's a mid-tier developer and the game didn't sell massively. So it's very readily available. Yeah. Um, Please but buy they're, it. <laughs> they're making Deadloop, Deathloop currently, which also looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. Anything from them, I'm like, jump on that shit. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Does that include Dishonored? Have you played that? Because that's on my radar. I, have, I haven't gotten around Yes. Dishonored it. is very good. I don't like it quite as much as... The first Dishonored I love. Dishonored 2, I think, is probably even a bit better. But um, I just okay. uh, I just like Prey a little more. I, I'm a little more in the sci-fi world. That's kind of what I like a little more. But don't sleep on those games. Those are all really good. Dishonored 2 is actually in my honorable mention. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're all catching each other out. Right. So my third pick is Ghost of Tsushima, which probably benefits from coming out right close to when we've made these picks. But it's also, I feel, a culmination of 
all of the advancements and all of the the learnings that have been made around open world game design, uh, apart from building a really believable world, a really believable set of people, a really compelling story and a narrative, one that uh, at the time I remember making a big thing of brought me to tears twice. It's very rare that any kind of media brings me to tears once, and that game choked me up. It really had an emotional um, weight to it. Um, once at the end of the main campaign and once in, in one of the little side campaigns. And, and those side campaigns, those diversions are really well done. So it, it nailed the sense of discovery that we were talking about before. Um, the, what was it you called that? Was it the, the, the hole up a minute moment? <laughs> yeah, hole up a minute, yeah. <laughs> it, it nails that. And, and the amount of times I would put off main story objectives to go and find other stuff around the map and explore the world, which is beautifully rendered. It, it really is a, a stunning visual um, environment. And it, it's a great game all round. It, it's a shame that it took Sucker Punch so long to make it, but it was worth every minute that they spent. It was a, a, a phenomenal experience and one that, that really justifies um, the time and the money and the interest. And if you have a PS4, it's something you should be looking at for sure. It can only get cheaper as we move to next gen, so no reason not to. I know it has to be quality because that thing has gone on sale maybe once and like physical copies mm. are still fully priced like it's i've never seen a used copy of that game so far in like game stores around it's all gangbusters yeah yeah and all of this is without the uh the legends mode that they recently yeah. added which i i still am yet to play i'm uh basically on ps4 and this is a slight diversion from what we're talking about i'm in the middle of picking up on some dlc so this control uh mm-hmm. doom's just come out with one mm-hmm. i think there's one other game i've got dlc for and then next up on the docket is legends um let me put it this but way. Yeah, so that that's my Yeah, there's cool. 300 copies of DayZ in every store. Um and there are zero copies of Ghost of Tsushima. So it's a pretty Days good game. Days gone. Oh yeah, did I say DayZ? I'm a dummy. You Days did, gone. Yeah. Everyone knows what I'm talking I, about. I knew what you meant, but that we is We know the game. <laughs> that is the same card. <laughs> it was like uh I actually wanted to pre-order Ghost of Tsushima, but uh, I have the um I had really bad luck. Uh, it sold out everywhere. Uh, now that uh, I actually know of a store where it is, I don't, I I spend the money on something else. So uh, <laughs> I'll just foreshadowing. You made the right choice to spend your money on those other games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Paula, what's your next one? Oh, my next one. Um, well, this one is from a very unpopular console. <laughs> Uh, from the Wii U. <laughs> hey, the Wii yeah, U is getting some love. I am one of those. Yoshi's uh, Woolly World is uh, is such a terrible and for fantastic game. Like it doesn't really do anything innovative, like uh, on the platform department. But uh, from the aesthetic alone, this game means so much to me because like um there there are games that are like artsy and stuff but they don't incorporate the art into the gameplay and this does because like uh sometimes you have to unravel a thing uh to get yarn and put that yarn someone else or draw it to 
find a secret and stuff like that. So instead of the classical Yoshi eggs, you have like these little uh, balls of yarn following it around. And you pretty much use them to fill in like these um, wired structures as if you were like needing your own stage. Mm-hmm. So uh, among other things that it does with the whole yarn mechanic, I found, I found it to be pretty cool. And actually, it is the reason that I ended up starting to crochet in the first place. <laughs> oh, that's uh, not even one of the ones they sold with it. You've made that. Yeah, I made, I made this. Oh. I made this one. Uh, Paula made a the little one that... <laughs> For the people yeah. that are listening, Paula's got a little pink Yoshi that I could have sworn uh, at first glance was the ones that they were selling pre-made, but she's got the pre-made one next to it, and it is crazy good. Well done, man. There you are. And like, uh, I really adore this game, and I really like... Uh, because I, I actually played this with my boyfriend, I also played this with my nephew. So I have like a, a lot of fun memories, and not so fun memories, because when you're playing cop with someone you know well, you know she's gonna go down really <laughs> quick. Uh, but yeah, it is it is a fantastic game. I'm, I'm so sad that it didn't get like the exposure it needed because Wii U. Uh, I've played some of Captain World on the Switch, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the same charm that this one does. I've heard because... that. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't incorporate like the materials and stuff as well in the gameplay. It's just like aesthetic. Well, this one is like aesthetic and mechanics integrated. Yeah. Actually, I heard that uh, the idea came up because like uh, someone uh, that work over at Nintendo just arrived with a little uh, yarn yoji one day, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Let's let's make a game on that." Oh. I'd already assumed they'd just sort of seen how well Kirby did it. Maybe not. Because <laughs> they Kirby had epic yarn, didn't it? A good yeah. it was the week, yeah. so it wouldn't have been long before. Yeah. They're a big uh, maybe it's just parallel thinking. Yeah, probably. Maybe that's where they got the knitted Yoshi. <laughs> um nice. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I played Crafted World. It's 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 okay. Um but I've I've heard so many people say that Woolly World is much better. Um it's good to know. Meh. I don't know why they never brought that one over. They should have just brought it with Crafted, but eh, whatever. Yeah, um, it's on 3DS. Best looking games. It is one of the best looking games on the Wii U. Yeah. Not even lying. It looks ten out of ten. Looks but, uh, like in the other department is ten out of ten. Oh, interesting. Well, um, for mine, uh, I got a VR this generation. I was like, hop on the PlayStation train, um, and. <laughs> That for me really is like, I've had a lot of really, really cool experiences in that, but there was one game in particular that I just went like, oh, this is the future. Um, and it's another Resident Evil title, <laughs> uh, but Resident <laughs> Evil 7 for me, um, I have never shit my pants so hard at a game in my life. This is the most horrifying experience I've ever had playing a game. Like you put that thing on your face and you're in that first person perspective in this dilapidated house and you can't escape. And every time those 
anyone's coming after you. It's just like, you're there. You're just there, you know? Like, you're sneaking around, and you want to look around a corner, and you just lean around the corner, and you take a look. And it's like, when they come... And even, like, literally the feeling, like, sometimes some of those characters will grab you and lift you up, and you genuinely are just like, oh, he's got me by the neck. Like, it just... It has that feeling, and there's just this verticality to it. Because when you... I don't know. It's so hard to explain if you haven't experienced it. And this is what's so hard about VR, right? Is that like, it's genuinely one of those things where it's like, if you have not actually experienced what it's like to be in that, you just don't understand. Right. And it's like, yeah. once, cause once you do, you're like, Oh no, I get it. Um, cause imagine, you know, it's instead of, you know how people say like, when you watch a horror movie, it's scary, but you can close your eyes and you can hide from it and it'll keep happening. Then you have a game where it's like, no, you have to make the game move. And that's really scary. And it tends to be more frightening. And it's like, now imagine that not only do you have to make the game move, but you are literally in the game. And so it's like, do you know what I mean? Suddenly you're just like, no. And you get the headphones on (laughs) and like, you can't close your eyes because you close your eyes, but like, you can't look away because you move your head and you're still in the game. So it's just like, (laughs) Um, so anyway, that to me, it's like, it's an experience that I'll never forget. And I just, I never want to do it again. Cause it was, it was, oh, it was painful. Um, but so good. Um, but yeah, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like it really just revolutionized things for me. VR is, is crazy. I've only played Beat Saber, but I know exactly what you mean. That feeling of, of presence almost. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, there's nothing quite like it. And once it all gets a little bit cheaper. And yes. a little bit more accessible, and maybe a smidge better because I could see some of the pixels. Then I will probably be all over it. I will say too. This is sorry. It's like a little addendum. I'll do real fast. It's not one of my honorable mentions, but I haven't played Squadrons yet, like the Star Wars one. But they had for mm-hmm. Battlefront Two a free VR X-wing um, mission, and I'm telling you right now, it is the most like I'm, I feel giggly right now, even just remembering that because oh my god. You're like in an X-Wing and if you set it up just right, so you need to get a seat that is just positioned correctly. And what happens is your brain actually tricks you into thinking you are genuinely sitting in a cockpit. And when your brain hits that moment, you will laugh joyously like a child. Like, it's just like, you're like, oh, I'm in an X-Wing. Like, it's just the coolest experience ever. Uh, I've heard Rogue Squadrons is pretty good for for the VR plus joystick experience. Yeah. It's not my bad gameplay-wise, but I'm sure it would be amazing. Hmm. Anyway, that's my little uh, squealy uh, rant about how great VR is. (laughs) What's your next one there, (laughs) Rick? (laughs) My next one is not going to be a surprise to anyone who's been listening over the past couple of weeks. It is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, and I can't wait till both of you play it and experience the masterpiece that I've experienced. I won't dwell too much on it because I have spoken a lot about it Hmm. recently. Um, But for anyone who hasn't heard me wax lyrical about it before, this is a mixture between um, a a sort of VR, not VR, visual novel adventure game type thing and turn-based combat Hmm. and the combination of the two and the way in which they're done and the way in which the story is told uh is both masterful and unlike anything that's ever been done before and actually i think will be done for a long time hence um based on what kamatani said about how much of a pain it was making the story work the way they set it up (laughs) but it was absolutely worth it this is a game that must be experienced that must be played um and I can't really say any, any more than that. It truly is a masterpiece. Nice. Well, I'm, it's on my so, list now. 
it's on your yeah. list and it's on its way to you paula which is very good yeah i'm just waiting for the thing to ship to my address mm. <laughs> because well, it hasn't even left to use <laughs> christ well hopefully soon uh, so paula what, what about you what's your uh, what's your next one <laughs> uh, glad you ask. Uh, I'm sorry <laughs> for the laugh, but like, <laughs> uh, so oh, it mm. is Wargroove, my next game. Nice, hmm. it is amazing. Like, uh, for those who haven't heard about it, like, Wargroove is like a turn based tactical game on the main of not so much Fire Emblem. But more in the vein of advanced wars, because you not only control the import quote unquote quote unquote important characters or generals, but you also control like uh you have to uh, conquer like um um quarries and stuff or buildings and you have to generate an income to pay for your other units. And uh, this game oozes charm. Like it has like all these little like encyclopedia kind of thing entries, and they are amazing. Like I was uh, looking f uh, through them like uh, this morning while I was deciding, uh, like my games of the generation stuff. And oh my god, <laughs> uh, they're as fun to read now as they were the first time because like uh there's like you have these really really interesting characters that are really fun when interacting with each other one of the generals is a dog it is the best boy <laughs> truly and <the> best boy. <laughs> it is the best boy Caesar is the best boy and even you have like uh entries for the little like miscellaneous uh kind of uh units and uh, I actually posted some of the screenshots uh, when I was playing uh, the game over on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And it was like for the, I think the archers and the wagon uh, for like the, and that kind of unit. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, for one was like, that they made like the arrows out of their bones or something like that. <laughs> and so they have like expert um, aid. And for the wagons, since they're like for the skeleton units, it was something like um, to carry a lot of units, they disassemble them and put them like uh, in neat piles. And to avoid conflict over bone of ownership, they like write their name on their bones and even have like uh, assemble instructions or something like that. Nice. Like the descriptions are just nice. And I posted on Twitter and the artist commented on that. And that's great. And it was just great. It was beautiful. It's a good game. Like, I mean, I think one way to describe it, it's like in Fire Emblem, you don't want to lose anyone. But in Wargroove, you're going to lose a lot of people. And that's kind of important, right? It's like it's like that kind of give and take of war kind of thing. Yeah. So it, I'm not sure if I've misunderstood. Is it like Crypt of the Necrodancer where your input's tied to the beat? No. Oh, I've completely misunderstood that. Sorry. It, yep. it's, a, it's, a, it's a tactical strategy game. Like, uh, oh, so yeah. it, it just does play like Advance Wars. Okay. Yes. It, yeah. it is Advance Wars, honestly. It is. <laughs> right. Wars, okay. Much. 
Yeah. I don't know where I've gotten that from. <laughs> Crypto the neck. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was trying to work out I was, I was just wish listing it on steam i was like how on earth would all those inputs work you're like i heard that bones. way that doesn't pardon it's like you're like rick's like i heard bones bones crypt 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 necro dancer dancing inputs yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just no. i'm just cheating you that's good uh no nice. that's all right that's... um why don't i uh bump off my next one real quick here um so um I found like there's a lot of really good cinematic games um this generation. Um and for me Uncharted 4 just like takes the cake. Um that's the only of the like cinematic games I, I say in air quotes that I've actually played uh replayed. And I replayed it recently and that game is incredible. It's genuinely the first time where a video game is still a game but really makes you uh, makes it feel as though you're playing a movie. Uh, like and it, better than like any blockbuster movies I've seen in recent years, right? It just really puts you on this ride that I just absolutely adored, and I thought it was like a, a really excellent story, and it just felt like a nice kind of uh, emotional close to Nathan Drake's adventures. And yeah, I just I really like that game. It's a good game. <laughs> it's on my list. It's come out on PS Plus. To be fair, I wasn't a massive fan of the first three. But I think that's probably just a me thing because a lot of people adore those. Yeah. I is, would say, how does it compare to the first three? Is it much different or is it more of the same? It's uh, much. I would I would say it's much different. Um, there's a gra- like a grappling hook that lets you like swing around. It's you're far more mobile in this game than you are in the others. Okay. Um, so I would say it's quite different. Um, but it's still the core idea. It's just so much more polished and refined. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So we're on to the last one each of the five. Yeah. Um, and mine, it was never going to be anything else, is Rocket League. So nice. since it came out and I picked it up the week it launched, I have played around 1,900 hours of this game. <laughs> oh, my God. And yeah, I'm, if I played it that much for that long a time, there was no way it couldn't be number one. Um, there is nothing else quite like it. And... The simplicity of the mechanics, which are basically drive a car, that car can jump and boost also, are deceptively straightforward compared to some of the high-level things that people can do, particularly in the air and, and pinching the ball and, and doing various things with that. Even with the amount that I've played, I'm, I'm only scratching the surface of the skill ceiling of that game. And in all that time, Playing all those games, it's never stopped being fun. Hmm. And now it's free, so there's no excuse for anyone not to give it a go. Nice. Yeah, I played that game for a while when it came out, but yeah, it, did, it didn't quite hook me, but I'm not much of an online multiplayer guy, to be honest. I just get bored, but it is a good game. Yeah, it's uh, it's something else. It, the only shame with it is, particularly if you try and play online first, it's one of those things where I imagine it's the same with Call of Duty and other stuff. If you try and run before you can walk, you will end up on your ass. It it really is um, a demanding game if you want to sort of take it anywhere. Mm. But it it also gives back everything that you put in. It's not one of those things where you're sort of banging your head repeatedly against the wall trying to make progress. It's the kind of thing where as you do things, you learn things and it it builds up naturally. And that natural build is really satisfying when you pull off your first aerial goal or 
you work out how to do a half flip or you pull off an amazing save because you're able to flip your car in a way that you couldn't do before. I have to say, so, oh yeah, that's awesome. I have to say, I'm quite impressed. We have so far had no overlap in our lists whatsoever, and we didn't share these other beforehand. Than the honorable mention. Yeah. yeah, which is impressive. So Paula, maybe let's see if this continues. Uh, what was your last game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saved the best for last. Um, this is probably no surprise to at least you two. Yeah. Uh, because you can see the background. <laughs> oh, but it is Breath of the Wild. Um, it is by no means like a perfect game, but everything that's there is like you can see the care that the developers put into the game. Because I like, uh, actually have uh, some extra notes here. Um, like, first, you have like limitless. Pretty much limitless exploration. Each time you uh, go somewhere, you just uh, find something new. And for context, uh, this is actually my second run. My first run took me around 190 hours, counting the Champions Palace DLC. <laughs> I am 101 hours in on my second run. I I am still finding new stuff that I didn't notice the first time around mm -hmm. and that to say that for a game that has been like handcrafted and all the little details that you can see uh like on one of the researchers lab like you can see like how her disaster just kept on creeping uh on the on her like assistance side of the lab that the lines have to be like redrawn. They actually divided the lab because the the guy didn't didn't want her mess on his stuff. And and details like uh, talking with NPCs, like some have like really interesting stories to tell. Hmm. Um and stuff like that. And the storytelling, like uh people said that this game has no story or like a really very fun story. But I found like uh besides the cutscenes, there's three other ways that this game tells you its story. That is like with the diary entries or journal entries, I think they're called. Uh talking with the other characters of the world and even the world itself. Um, like, um, one example that's like from the top of my head that is like one of the, uh, most well-known in my opinion is like Saturday Mountain. Okay. Because it is, uh, reference to, uh, Satori, like Satoru-san or Iwata-san, sorry. Uh, the former, um, the former president, president, the former president of Nintendo Japan. And you have like all these little tales of people like finding this terrifying creature because they're wanting to hunt and how these sage Satori um, care for the mountain and try to give back to the earth what the earth gave to him. So he tried to plant all sort of uh, little plants and trees and it's the only place where you can find like pretty much any fruit and any vegetable or herb available in the game. Oh, cool. And when the sage is there, all the animals, all the places that seem kind of empty and you feel like they're 
was something there or there should be something there. Are there animals running through the place? Mm. And if the sage is not protecting the mountain, you find a lot of undead enemies. Um, like little details like that uh, shows how much the developers cared about uh, putting like all the little details in the game. Really and cool. there's like, uh, yeah, um, I can go on like, uh, like last example, I swear. Uh, <laughs> uh, in Castletown, like in the middle of where all the guardians are just walking around, like it's their home. You see this little place where there used to be a tent. And someone spent the night there after the calamity between all the all the guardians. And you can actually find that someone is at one of the stables. And she said that the knife kind of crept up on her. Mm. And she just had to lay low uh, until morning to escape. And it's like Damn that 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 woman is uh, had the guts to go there because it seems that there wasn't like as much garden uh, activity before. It's like environmental because, storytelling, right? Like that whole yeah, thing. it's really it, yeah that environmental mm -hmm. storytelling. So as I say, there there's a lot of that in the game. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how many times you play, the feeling of discovery mm -hmm. doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be amazing because it's like a little bit like in the real world because like I like to go um, uh, like walk, uh, on a walk on the mountain. And I actually in real life I gotten lost and ended up in some park <laughs> on some mountain. So uh, and I also been like in these like uh, big national parks that we have in the south uh, where you can talk to a lot of people and the general ambient of the game hmm. where you walk and meet travelers and and exchange information and exchange goods and stuff it is that feeling oh, it yeah, is I that a feeling which is kind of like the feeling that they wanted in the original zelda right like that was sort of the original inspiration um yeah i actually went back and played the original zelda mm -hmm. um because i had myself <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the um, that game was made uh, to be played like with the games games manual. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise you'd be lost. Totally. And need and in the in the need of a guide. Huh. I know because I need a one. Yeah. Oh, I use a guide for that too. Um. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. Oh, do you mind if I move along to my last game? I'm gonna. Uh, go ahead, because otherwise I'll be here all day. <laughs> we'll have to do our old podcast. Be like, here you go, the Zelda, the Zelda cast. Uh, we could we could talk for hours actually on that. Um, so my last one, I'll go through quick. Uh, I, I don't think this should be a surprise. Uh, this is my favorite frigging game of all time, honestly. The Witcher Three, The Wild Hunt. That game is just. Mm, it's good. <laughs> if I don't have a game that has you know a choir of like angelic ladies going ha 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 the whole time at me while i'm 
fighting. I just, I don't even care. I don't want to play that game, you know? I want a game with just choirs going at me all the time. It is just excellent. And that game, like, I'm telling you, I I poured so many hours into that, so many hours. And it's just perfection, you know? It's role-playing perfection. You just, you have a character, he's kind of set, he has slight differences. And, like, the fact that you have a set character, I just found that all the stories got to be specific to you in some way. And it just, to me, felt like such a good experience. And, like, I love that game it sets the bar for what an open world rpg can be um and i don't think anything's come close to it yet um and i'm excited to see hopefully a game that comes out next month is going to come close um but we'll see how they do exactly um okay (laughs) those are games of the generation dang those are some good games um why don't we just list off real quick because i'm cognizant of time we still want to get to that question so why don't we just list off quick what our uh Honorable mentions are. I'll just list mine off. Let's real do it reverse f- order. Yeah, you keep going. Yeah, I'll go real fast. So mine would be Astrobot Rescue Mission, a great VR game. Okay. Dishonored Two, The Last of Us Part Two, um, Red Dead Redemption Two, and Persona Five. Those are my those are my HMs. What about you, Paula? Numbers. Yeah. Uh, for me, there. Are, let me get my notes. Um, Slime Ranger. I didn't break it higher because early. Uh, I only played on the on early access. Hmm. Greece. Because artsy, mm-hmm. uh, or in the blind forest, it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baba is too because it redefined to an expect to an extent what puzzles on me and mm-hmm. Astro Chain that I haven't finished, but go play it. <laughs> nice. And Rick, take us home with this. Yes. Control. Mm-hmm. Marvel Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Prey. 2017. Same as you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've cheated and put Quarantine and Subsurface Circular together two amazing little indie puzzle games and Yoku's Island Express up until I played a short hike, the most cozy game I've played. It's true. Pinball Metroidvania shouldn't be a thing that makes sense, but it so does. does. Nice. Well, there you have it, everyone. Those are our games of the generation. Why don't you tell us what your games of the generation are um, in our Down How in Long the to Be podcast. Click like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ooh. Um, let's get to our question now. It's question time. Um, this one comes from Frozen Roy, and it's sort of an addendum to this conversation we just had. Uh, and uh, they've asked, what's a game, any game, that you would say is underrated, and why do you think it is underrated? Um, I've decided to stick within the generation. I don't know if we all have. Um, exact opposite to be honest oh then that's fair well i'm gonna (laughs) pop off here on this one and to be honest i'm not really sure if it's underrated um underappreciated i think maybe um i think the metacritic's a little low on it but concrete genie um this game came out i think last year uh it's a a playstation exclusive like no marketing yeah Yeah, it it had and the marketing it had was garbage because it marketed it as if it was a VR game, which it is not. It has a VR element. A VR yeah, I know. So many people did, and it's not. In in fact, like there's only uh-huh. there's like a slight VR element where you can like draw in VR, but the actual game itself is not like that. And the best way I can describe it is it's basically like playing a uh, animated movie, and and kind of like those um like those DreamWork ones. Like actually, I'm not sure if it's DreamWorks, but like Paranorman and like Nightmare Before Christmas, like that style of animation. Um, it's like playing one of those, and it's really heartfelt. It's really, really beautiful. The art style is just incredible. You get to make all these beautiful drawings in the game, and it facilitates it really nicely. Um, it's just something that like I highly recommend. It's not even expensive. It's a cheap game. Like it, it wasn't sold at like a full retail. So I'm just like people really need to play it. Um, I got it on sale, and I just adored the game. So that's that's for me. Should we go in reverse, Paula? Do you want to go next? What's your underrated uh, game? Okay, like. One of the uh, really 
underrated games that I think it deserves more love. It is uh, Flipping Death. Uh, but they sent developers that made like stick it to the man because like uh, I really like the me the mechanic of you like having to flip the board uh, and do stuff like in the living world and in the world of the dead, and the 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 premise is just like ridiculous. Like it is a game where you're going to laugh a lot because like uh, you randomly uh, die, appear in the world of the de the dead, and the dead and the death itself. Himself, I don't know. They say like, "Oh, I'm going on a vacation." Oh, are you the person who's uh, who's gonna do my job while I'm gone? Well, take it. Uh, here's a list of things to do. Goodbye. Nice. And and yeah, from there you just try to discover what the hell happened to you. <laughs> and it is beautiful. It it, it is the the dialogue is very cheeky and the. And the gameplay, uh, at least on my experience, was uh, pretty fun and pretty creative. Cool. I have that on my list, but Ooh. I haven't touched it yet. Um, I, might I was going to say, what was becoming a theme, I actually have that installed. Mm. So, Good. <laughs> well, Rick, around what about you, bud? What's your underrated game? Well, there's this little one by Epic Games called Fortnite, and people just... <laughs> <laughs> no, so what, what I've basically done is my, my go-to underrated game is always been soul bubbles for the ds hmm. that game is phenomenal um the devs defunct now so go and emulate it and feel free what what it does with bubble physics and and puzzling is something very unique and very whimsical really fun really engaging hmm. um nobody bought it which oh. they should have done but at least go and play it so what i've done and i'll rattle through them all quite quickly is I went through all the eights and nines on my completed list and anything that, that didn't really have that reception generally, mm -hmm. I've put it on. So um, in alphabetical order, Chasm for the Vita, mm -hmm. uh, it was a kickstarted Metroidvania. Didn't really get very good ratings, but I really enjoyed it. Um, and, and if you like that kind of genre, Alex, I would definitely recommend giving that a look. Um, the Deadpool game they made, which they made it sort of two years before Deadpool became a big thing. Mm. So people didn't really get it, but I think they re-released it on modern consoles. Mm. And it's great. It, it knows what it wants to be. It's mm -hmm. like a, a solid eight-hour sort of spectacle action game with that, that trademark humor, and it's really good. Nice. Um, Lost Dimension for the PS3 and Vita mm -hmm. is a sort of Valkari profile style um, turn-based stroke real-time RPG game. Um, the twist being on each level of this world that you're progressing through, um, one of your team will become a traitor. Mm. And it's all about working out who they are and it's procedurally generated so it'll be a different person each time you play. Um, it's fantastic. Didn't really get well rated at the time. Metroid Other M. Ignore the story. All right, it's well, that's enough for this week. Um, we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> That's how the game is good the story Fine. is shit corner i agree but the mm -hmm. game is good um of orcs and men don't really have any anything to say about that it's great mm -hmm. mainlining aka hacking simulator it's mm -hmm. complex enough that you actually feel like you're doing something but simple enough that it's very easy to follow as someone who doesn't know what they're doing um stuntman ignition 
builds massively on the original stuntman and is flexible enough that even if you're not sort of hardcore into that kind of um, live, die, repeat kind of mechanic thing works really very well. You're shaking your head, Alex. Oh, no, I was just like, I love this. I'm like, what's your most underrated game? Well, I've got 20. (laughs) 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 Alex Paula, one inch, me, an intellectual. Um, Last one, I promise, is Warriors of the Lost Empire, Mm. which is a solid, if uninspired, um, sort of Diablo clone type thing. It's a small um, action RPG. It was more fun than it had any right to be. I, I intended to just dip in and out of that game a few years ago. I ended up like blitzing it over two days. It's really, really good. Um, so they are all amazing. Feel free to rewind and pause on the recording and, and go and check all of those out. Yeah, well, if you don't Especially have... Fortnite. Maybe we'll make a list of uh, the games, some of the games we talked about. We can at least put ours in, in there. I will. I will yeah. put them in the in the show notes and in the description. Yeah, because um, that is a very good idea. I'll do that for all of the games we've mentioned today. Actually, nice, nice. Yeah, because we got so many. Yes. Uh, if you didn't have a game to play, you do now. Speaking of playing games, it's time for a- how long a- to beat. The game. We need to get jingle for this, dude. If you're listening, yeah, dude, we're uh, we'll be hitting you up. Yeah. Um. Does someone <laughs> do the randomizer this time? I feel like I have bad luck. Um. <laughs> Rick, do you want to be the randomizer? I, I think I'm the only one that hasn't. I will. I will do it this week. Uh, where's it gone? Bear with me two seconds. I did have it set up because I'm just there I'm the Resident is. Evil guy. Browser window. Right. Okay. So. If it is Resident Evil, I will re-roll. Just FYI. <laughs> okay. So I'm spinning the wheel. Ooh, okay. I haven't got a fucking clue. So this... <laughs> <laughs> I recognize the game. I think it's a Squeenix, one of their like indie initiative games. It's called Black the Fall. Oh, God, huh? yeah. That is one of those. Oh, no. I have no <laughs> idea. What I'll do is I'll share my screen just so you can see the album art. Um, album art. What am I talking about? The uh, the cover image. Where's my notepad? I always jump in. Actually, I'll let you guys go before I guess anything. Okay. Um. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, that one, that one. God dang it! You know. So here's the deal. I feel like there's just no way in all that is holy that I will ever be able to get within like two hours of how long this takes. So I'm just going to try and do all three to maximize my chances. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say for main time, I'm going to say seven hours. Um, right. For main plus, I'm going to go with nine. And then let's say for completionist, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say 16. Okay. Yeah. What are you saying? Uh... I'm trying to think. Can you tell me the uh the name of the game again? Uh, wait, what no. What can I say? Store while I Google it. Shit, shit, Black shit. the Fall. <laughs> One of those two D. Like I, I remember this a little bit. It's like that two D, like black and white kind of game. I think. Um, yeah. Black white. And yeah, red. It, yeah. I remember seeing it and having no compulsion to ever return to it. Yeah. Basically. Well, while Paul is figuring out, what do you think, Rick? I'm going to big brain it and I'm going to say five hours for all three of the times. I've got a gut feeling this is a game where the, the main and the 100% are indistinguishable from each other. Oh, so I'm hedging the five hour bet. You're probably right. 
Yeah. Ah. I hope so. <laughs> um, I'm going to gamble because that's the only thing I know uh, how to do in this game. Or not. Um, we'll see. Okay, for the... Um, uh, I'm going to try to guess three times and I'm going to say... Um, uh, five, nine, and sixteen. Oh, you, you no, five, nine, and twelve. Oh, that's I was gonna change mine to twelve for the last one. Um, do you mind, Rick? Can you change my last one to twelve? The one hundred. Yeah, give me two seconds. I'll edit yeah. it as I read them out. So, okay. Um, Alex to refresh his guest main only seven hours, main plus nine hours, and one hundred percent twelve hours. Paula has guessed main five hours, main plus nine hours, 100% 12 hours. And I've guessed five hours across the board. And what I'm going to do now, There's what's interesting is when you stream, my mouse isn't on that window, but it shows up as though it was. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do now is we're going to do a, a grand reveal. Drum roll, please. Uh, you oh, that's not done it right. Okay. <laughs> let's just well, what a it's great. worth a try. It's worth a try. Um... It'll do it now. Yes! Get in! So, main story is three hours. Main plus is three and a half hours. And completionist is four hours. So... You win, Rick. I've more or less less on the money it. So, um, as it stands, me and Alex are tied on five points. And poor Paula is yet to make a start. Oh. Well, can we get an F? Can we get an F? Yeah, F in the chat. I am a late uh, a late game player. Yeah, you'll come back uh, in the end. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Next week we're gonna go over our games of the generation for handhelds. Part. Yeah, part two. Uh, stay tuned for that. See ya. See ya. See ya.